So, Roberta, I've told you that before, but what a gift. It is your spiritual gift. And it's so beautiful. And Susan, you know, Susan, I heard about Susan from my daughter how many years ago that they took 20, probably 20 years ago, I knew about this woman, Susan, who was in her yoga class with, what was the teacher's name? Boomy. I mean, you know, that's how I raised my kids. They had teachers called Boomy. And, uh, and no one ever, you know, it's funny, because John and I never questioned anything they did because we always told them to go to God, so we figured they had a good, good counsel. <laughs> and so, Boomy it was, you know. So, Hildegard of Bingen. Uh, is anybody familiar with Hildegard, 12th century? Oh, thank you. And uh, so I got to read her little writing on love because I just love, you know, a 12th century uh, German Benedictine to, you know, stand out and write plays and songs and poems and whatever she was doing at the time. I'm sure that uh, there was someone trying to silence her. I can relate to that. Whoops. It's, it's my mother. She just wanted this quiet little Anglo-Saxon daughter. Um, that's not what she got. Anyway, so um, so let me tell you that uh, Hildegard Band wrote about love, and she said, "Limitless love, from the depth to the stars, flooding all, loving all. It is the kiss of peace." And can you just feel that? That woman having the uh, guts to write out and let everybody know in the 12th century when that probably wasn't popular. And she let everybody know that it's limitless love that brings you peace. And so to live that is the title of the talk is Love is a Decision. You know, a lot of times people are looking for a feeling, and it's a decision. You decide to love. Kind of Roberta Song kind of said that it's not enough. You gotta, you know, you gotta do. You gotta do the action. So you have to consider love the answer. And as the calendar says, above all love. So I started in childhood, and. Uh, it, 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 you know, this is just how it went. And uh, I remember um, making my first communion. And, you know, it's funny. <laughs> All the pictures, I stood the whole day with my hands like this. Because that was my connection. At five years old, I gave my life to God. If I was in a Baptist church, I would have been preaching at him. And so at my first communion, seven years old, the whole day, I had my hands like that. Every picture. Every picture. But what was amazing was, you know how they say that children know? Well, the amazing part was that I would go to communion at 7, and I would go back to the pew, and I would take my hands and put my head, my face in my hands, 
And I would begin to pray. And I would pray, dear God, help me to love and to be loved. Well, you know, I see that prayer now in a lot of places that I was saying at seven years old as a child. The interesting thing is, that prayer has come true in my life. I can't tell you. You know, John plays the role of unconditional love in my life. You know, we play roles for each other. And everybody says, how did you get John Van Osten? <laughs> I just want to say, prayer at seven, it works. Uh, so, but to, to really understand that, that was a meditation. No one had to teach me to meditate. As a child, you know, and we tell our children all the time, and I just knew. I just knew to pray that. So, as I became an adult, I had a relationship with God. It was like my best friend. I know that sounds like, you know, call the white coats, but it just was... I also was an extrovert and had lots of fun. But I, I would talk about God all the time, and I would talk to John about God all the time. And God was just with me. But here's the deal. I was full of fear. I was so afraid. And John was older than I was, and so he helped me. Because he, he wasn't afraid. And I didn't understand why he wasn't afraid, because there's this God. And, and he'll get you if you do something wrong. Never realizing that that's why I was afraid. You know, being an extrovert, there was a lot of wrong to look at. We can't get out, we can't stay out of trouble. <laughs> Uh, that was John's greatest fear, is that some days he'd have to fight for my honor. <laughs> what he didn't know was, I, yeah, I'm good for a fight, I'm Irish. And, uh, <laughs> he, he didn't have to do that. So to understand that, I had a flicker of hope because I knew I was a child of God. So look at that confusion and frustration. It's interesting that you have to start a journey to make a decision. So my journey was, someday I'll tell that story, it's a great story, but my journey was to start at unity, not as a religion, because I was Catholic, but to start at unity with a minister who agreed to counsel me. So I went to her every week, and one of the great things I learned was that there's only one presence and one power in my life and in the universe, God the good. Well, you know, God the good. So I knew from my upbringing that we're image and likeness of God. So if God is good, then chances are I'm good. And to have this woman reinforce that every week 
that I was the image and likeness and that I was good and that God is love. God is love. One, First uh, John four sixteen. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. So to start to understand that my essence is love, and then all of a sudden I understood that not only is my essence love. But my action is compassion. Because that's what comes out of love. As you love everyone, and people have a horrible time with the idea that we're all one, because then we point out each other's personality, and, you know, they're good and they're bad, and I'm not like that. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with we're all one in soul. We're all one in the Holy Spirit. We're all one in the image and likeness. And then we choose. So don't think I don't know that bad things happen. Because I do. But that doesn't take away the truth that God is good and we are all one. You start to understand your spiritual nature. And you know, that's been um, a love of mine because... You know, we started out in uh, our awakening as human beings, and we started out um, understanding our emotions. You know, we, uh, we all went to counselors, or many of us did. And those who haven't, think about it. Anyway, um, we all went to counselors. We... Uh, we, we started understanding what meditation and yoga was. My son went to Russia and he was running and people would stop in points because they never saw someone do that. That was 20 years, everything's 20 years ago. My clothes are 20 years ago. Anyway, um, lots happened 20 years ago. And so, so, but we've never really taken seriously our spiritual nature and to make friends with it. It's just as important as the emotional wealth and the uh, physical health. Our spiritual wealth is so important because it allows us to make a decision to love. And I think it's hard times to love. You know, we have all sorts of different beliefs in our very family. And to understand that personality is ours, but it's not who we are. But we can use it. For instance, I said I was an extrovert, so I talk to everyone and anyone all the time. So I may, And I think I may have shared this story, but it's worth repeating. I was at a uh, restaurant, and you had to stand in line, as every woman knows, for the facility. And I'm standing in line, and a woman comes up to me, and she's just got the best hair. Now, you know, I'm always looking for the best hair. So I said to her, being an extrovert, not my spiritual nature, although I would have loved that to be, but my extrovert I said, oh, I just love your hair. It is so cute. 
and she starts crying. Now, I've had that effect on people before. So I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. What's going on? And she said, I had cancer. And this is my first day out. And it's the very first day that I've worn this wig. And I was afraid everybody would know. So, use your personality to bring kindness, Roberta's song, that Bonnie chose. (laughs) See the teamwork here? See the teamwork? Use your personality to bring good into the world. I mean, that was no stretch for me. And what a gift to her. So then we say, well, what about John? He really doesn't talk. He's quiet. He kind of like is in the background just supporting everybody. Well, this very minister that counseled me ended up having me assist her in ministry and taught me so much. It was Unity of Greater Cleveland. And uh, she, uh, so she, she would ask me to speak. So this was like 10 years into my speaking. And I got a lot of coaching, always, still. And some people told me I'm a week late with my heart. And I said, I'm talking about love. But anyway, that's not here today. Anyway, so, so what do we do with John? What do you do with the introverts of the world? So I spoke, and 10 years into my speaking, there was probably uh, a little bit of bravado. Not sure. So John's standing with me as people are passing, you know, saying thank you, whatever, whatever they're saying. And this woman comes up, and she says to John, ignoring me, oh, I just love your energy. You have the greatest energy. You're a light. You bring peace, which John prays for all the time. You bring peace. And then she looks at me and says, You have a nice smile. So don't sell those introverts short. They have a lot to bring. They have a lot to bring. They're the ones who bring the peace that they hold. The, it's called, Gene Houston used to call it, hold the energy. Anyone that, if you choose love, if you make a decision for love, you have a job to hold the energy of love. Like in a group like this, you would come in and you would be on purpose to hold the energy of love. And the extrovert would be playing like I was today. And the introvert would be saying, do you need anything? Are you all set? You're set. Yeah, you're set up. Holding the energy. So there's a guy, Fred Kaufman, who has Conscious Business, wrote a book called Conscious Business. He said, wisdom without compassion is ruthlessness. You know, did you ever meet that wisdom know-it-all with no compassion? Feels like you just were in a, a you know, a, a boxing match. And compassion without wisdom is folly. 
they're the fixers, the Christian fixers. And so we have to balance ourselves. And that's why the decision of love is so important, because it's using the intellect to touch the heart to do your work. As Matthew said, with men this is impossible, but with God this is possible. So when your work comes from God, it's building, as Sharif Abdullah said, a world that works for all. There's a gentleman who wrote about diversity, Andy Ayim, A-Y-I-M. I I would tell you to look him up because he's so interesting. But his talk on building community, and of course that's what all our unities are doing, he said diversity is about bringing people together from a wide variety of backgrounds. Inclusion is about having their voices heard and acted upon. Team members feel safe to take risks and be vulnerable in front of each other. All of that is so important. To bring a bunch of people together from background, different backgrounds and to have the inclusion of hearing voices and acting on them. And um, to understand that you have to have a safe space of empowerment. I started that program in the 80s. It's called a safe space of empowerment. So that everybody feels safe sharing whatever they want to share with you. That it's safe. And they can share it. And you can laugh and play or you can take whatever they're saying to heart and change. So I was wondering about this team building and uh, community building. And I went to Reverend Roy Rackley, who is a big old guy from Texas. He's such a metaphysician. And I said to him, because I'm concerned, because, you know, I take space. And so I said to him, Reverend Roy, he's my mentor, and I said, Reverend Roy, am I controlling? Not see. You would say yes, right? Um, he said, no, Donna. You have to understand that. No, Donna, you are not controlling. But he said, you like to take action. And he said, people don't like action. They just want to talk and share. So what happens during change in the discussion is you have to know yourself. Because it was good for me to know that I'm not controlling. But it was also good for me to know that I like to take action. So if there's a good idea, I'm going to bring it up. And then I'm going to bring it up, and then I'm going to bring it up again if I think we need to take action. That's why it's so important to know yourself. There's so many pieces and parts to being human. Socrates said, to know thyself is the beginning of wisdom. To really know who you are. Now, by the way, if you are controlling, that's not good, you know? Because the fruits of the Spirit are, you know, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So to understand that, that we can be in community, diversity, inclusion, and be a team member, we can take, we can listen and take action, we can love, making love the decision, we can feel at one with everyone. 
and just be at peace. So sometimes others will share with me that they don't know what their purpose is in life. And I, I say that that's really not true. Because your purpose in life is to love. Christ the way shower told you that. It may not have all the bells and whistles. That's the problem. But it is a life well lived. So as I close, I just want to bring to mind to have a clear understanding that God is love, God is good, God is light, God is life. We are eternal, infinite life. We must understand that because I think what gets us down sometimes is we measure ourselves by this little tiny life we're living. That's not who we are. We are part of an eternal expansion of life. And that's why they bring in the idea of life. We are compassion in action. We are wisdom. We are light and love of heart. We are love, joy, peace. We are patience, kindness, and goodness. We are faithful, gentleness, and self-control. It does take self-control to love. You know, it's funny. Sometimes people will um, come to me with a not-so-kind comment about something. And I always have to stop. Use that fruit of the Spirit, self-control, and find a way to love them. Whether it's my sense of humor. I have been told that, that I can say something with a smile on my face. <laughs> that is pretty daunting. Not to be mean. To center the situation. To bring it back to love. To bring it back to standing. Because, you know, when we don't treat each other well, we're not acting in standing. Because our, the rabbi, the teacher, was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's our purpose. So as a conclusion to this talk, may I state with spiritual confidence that love is the answer. I wrote a book about that. Love is the answer. Love is our purpose. Thank you.